Good evening, everybody. What's up? That's right, it's Pops coming at you with a powwow with Pops. On March 30th, Wednesday, in the year of I'd Lloyd, 2016, if you believe in ghosts. Zombie Jesus. So I hope you all are doing well this evening. I'm sitting here at the Big Lou's on this beautiful night uh, with the old friend of mine who I actually don't get to see that often. He's He does his thing, I do my thing, but we've known each other now for about 18 years. And every time we sit down and see each other, it's uh, it's no problem to get back into a conversation with him. Con- con- wow, can I speak this evening? Con- can I even say the word conversation? Yes. Yes, I can. I got it out. It's my nerves. I'm so nervous. But, uh, no, um, I met him, I think, maybe when he just moved into Gainesville, from what we were discussing a few minutes ago. Uh, and he lived in a pretty sweet pad for, I'd say, your first place in Gainesville. It was pretty, I mean, in comparison to what I lived in. <laughs> you guys had a cool, pretty cool house. It was a nice big house with a nice garage. But anyways, uh, who I'm talking about is a gentleman who uh, is from Sarasota as well, I believe, right? Uh, and he's also an expat who moved back to Gainesville. So he went to New York and came back here. That's true. So uh, so that's another interesting conversation out of top of my other New York interviews that I have. Why he came back. That'll be one of my questions. Okay. So uh, my, gen- my, my good friend that I have with me this evening is Todd Weisfeld. What's up, man? How you doing? Thank um, you for having me. Dude, thank you for being here, man. I'm so glad you were able to do this. Absolutely. It's really awesome. Uh, it's kind of crazy as, you, as I was... As we were talking earlier, I, it is funny how 18 years has flown by, most definitely. Uh, I, I remember when you first moved into, Bra- into Gainesville, you said we met, and that, I mean, I, you kind of still, you look the same. You still have the same look in your eye, dude. It's yeah. kind of funny. I still see, I still, oh, no, dude, it's still there. You didn't, you didn't lose it. It's you didn't use that, you didn't use that look that you had. Okay. That means you're not too too jaded, I think. Staying hungry. <laughs> Stay, staying young, baby. But, uh, yeah, man, so what have you been up to? Starting a new thing called... What have I been up to? What have um, you been doing to keep yourself busy lately? You were, uh, you're doing what right now for work? Uh, well, I work in video production. Okay. I, I'm presently editing video for the University of Florida uh, Medical School in uh, forensics. Wow. Um, I'm doing, uh, been editing videos in uh, gravesite excavation. Holy cow, dude. And, um, yeah, I do a little bit of photography, um, camera work, editing. I manage the social media for Boca Fiesta. Yeah, yeah. And the backyard. So Jake and Warren. Those guys, old those friends dudes. of mine as well. Yes. Um, try to help promote shows there. Yeah, of course. And, um, yeah, I freelance and uh, still playing drums as well. Cool. When you moved to, um, so what, you moved here in, what, 1998, mm-hmm. around that time period, right? Um, did you, did you had just graduated from high school, pretty uh, much? I graduated in Sarasota. Yeah. yeah, and so, like, how, how long before you moved up to Gainesville after you graduated high school? I guess I moved here in the fall and had graduated uh, the previous summer. So, so just that summer? Just a couple months later. Okay, so what was it that made you gravitate towards Gainesville? Um, it was for the music, for yeah. sure. I had been here playing shows with bands in high school and had a lot of friends that had moved from Sarasota up here. What bands did you play with up here? But Like in um, high school? Oh, when I was in high school. Yeah. I was in a band called Neutron Star in Sarasota. Okay. <laughs> that later became Sturbridge Lion. 
and right. then uh, I also had a band called the B3 Federation that came up here and played. So you've been, so how long have you been playing drums? Since I was about 15, 14 or 15. So you just kind of, was it, was it taught or was it self-taught? I took a couple of lessons when I was starting out, but I was mostly self-taught. So you kind of, um, did you feel like you had, was that something when you started that you were like, when you got on drums, you were like, fucking finally, thank God I found my, my instrument kind of feeling? More or less, yeah. I had grown up playing a few other instruments. I took piano lessons as a kid and played See, trumpet in the school band. that seems to be a common, common bond is piano and drums. Yeah. Because most of the good drummers that I know are really good piano players, like really? George Ravello. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. He, he was a pianoist. Huh. He can. He also... See, that's a sneaky motherfucker, dude. He could break dance and shit. Like, he could do all these different wow. things. Dude, he break, he, he break danced at Wallard's wedding. Me and my wife had left Wallard's wedding. Mm-hmm. And supposedly he got... Oh, afterwards. Got Damn, so shit-faced. Huh. And nobody videotaped it. Shit. I'm like, what? Uh, yeah. And that man has never danced in the th- 25 years that I've ever seen been around him. I'd never seen him dance. Huh. Pictures so or it didn't happen. Yeah, maybe um, somebody does have pictures, but I don't think they put out. So, it, so drums. So that seems like something that grabbed you at a young age. Then. Yeah, it did. I would, man, I would love to hear George Rebello play piano. Um, I feel like, uh, yeah, in terms of dancing, that's uh, one thing I wish I was better at. Dancing. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like I have, you know good rhythm while playing drums that doesn't necessarily translate to the dance floor all my moves are kind of 90s based yeah so. yeah that's cool <laughs> that's um, okay i took i took dance for five years so did you and i can't play drums and i wish i could play drums okay i would give a, i will give you my dance shoes if you can give me your drum hands yeah maybe we should exchange some yes, lessons we should yes please oh yeah that was my, my that was the one thing that my mom said to me when i was young she's like if you want to if you want to make sure you always have a girlfriend know how to dance. She took dance lessons as a kid. Yeah. Right on. And I got, I actually, I, I started dance lessons three weeks after I asked my mom if I could join a football team. Okay. So that's how that worked out for me. Awesome. Can I play football? No, but you could tap dance your dance. ass off if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> so it worked out? It worked out for you? I saw my you? first boobie when I was in like sixth grade because of it, because the ballerinas have no problem undressing in front of people because they're so comfortable <laughs> oh, right. with switching their clothes like they're so nonchalant about it uh-huh. and I was walking behind the sta- like behind the main stage and the, this girl that I saw whose boobs that I saw who actually ended up dating probably four or five years later which is a funny story but I won't get into it hmm. well, we got a kid on the loose here running away <laughs> get a leash on <laughs> so. we got a, we got a runner kids running for it <laughs> You can't so, escape. Um, yes, back to drums. Actually, so, yeah, there were a lot of Gainesville bands that I liked, and at the time, um, Seven Inches that were coming out on No Idea had uh, flyers in them that yeah. said, does your band want to play Gainesville? Call the utility house at this phone number. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's what I did. Um, <laughs> that's I guess awesome. when I was in the 10th grade, I believe. And I feel like it may have been Matt Sweetie in that book to the show. Um, I think we sent a demo tape and some information to Gainesville. And, um, do you still have that our... demo tape? Uh, yeah, I do somewhere. Do you? I have a lot of those old what tapes. What the man? I yeah. w- I'm really interested, actually. Because I'd wanna... like to hear this stuff. Pri- like, I'd, I'd be kind of curious because like, I was so disconnected from Sarasota by that time. Okay. You know, musically. In the mid-90s. Yeah. What year did you leave Sarasota? 90, like, winter of 94, I moved up here. Okay. 
Oh, you moved to Gainesville in yeah. 94. That was the year I moved to Sarasota. Okay. Where, so where'd you move to Sarasota from? I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Did you? So you're in New England then? Another know, New England. I don't know if, I don't know <laughs> more if it's Canadian, considered New England. Isn't it? Western New York. <laughs> Western New York. It's more uh, Niagara Falls. What is, yeah, what is that? Is that area... Uh, it's called the Rust Belt. I mean, okay, so, is that, so it's more like the industrial area. It's yeah. more working class. Lake Erie, yeah, yeah. Uh, Niagara River. Yeah, yeah, but working class area, I'm guessing. Your parents were probably working class folks from the area? Uh, my dad's family were from Niagara Falls. Yeah. Okay. And you moved to, and they just decided to move to Sarasota just to move there. I think they were kind of slowing down, okay. ready for pseudo-retirement. Yeah. My siblings are a lot older and had already moved out of the house. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're a younger, and you have older siblings. Okay, I didn't yeah. know that. And I had never been to Florida upon moving here. So okay. it kind of came as a shock to me. Um, really? I was pretty anti at the time, but in, in hindsight, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we made the change. You know what? And, and I got to say this, and I was just thinking, it's funny you said that, because when I was up in New York, Tom and them were calling me, Tom was, Tom just like, dude, you're a hick. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I'm not, I'm from New England, dude. And he's right. like, but you're a hick. You've spent enough time down here. And he's like, you were raised by hicks, man. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you're kind of right, yeah, kind of, you know, like, I, I mean, there was a time where my parents, I had a, like, when Dallas was on TV, I had the, my dad, you know, I had a cowboy hat, and the puffy jacket with the cowboy boots that I'd wear to church. Okay. You know, on Sundays you'd have your cowboy boots for church on Sunday. You know, like, everybody in my dad's family, they all wear boots. They're all country and shit. Like, super country, but Sarasota from the 50s. Like, their dad moved to Sarasota in the 50s and built his own house uh, right Uh, across the street from Riverview, on Hope Street. That's that's the only reason why I went to Riverview was because I lived across the street from there. Like, oh, did you? Oh, I went yeah. to Riverview as well for a couple of years. Yeah, and I, so like when I went there, I mean, I mean that school's practically all, all fucking like key kids. It's all the doctors and the lawyer kids that live on Siesta Key. Like most of the kids I knew like drove Beamers and shit. But, you know, At Riverview. Yeah, like those were the kids. Like I mean, like when I went to Riverview, there were six punk rock kids. In I was the seventh poser. Uh-huh. I was the seventh one. I was the poser, and then there was the six cool kids that were older than me, and I was trying to be. Okay. You know. So that was it. Out of the fifteen hundred students, there were six punk rock kids at, at Riverview. So it was kind of like not the funnest time. Right. Tell me what it was like for you going to high school there, with the, being into music and everything. I feel like it changed throughout the years. Yeah. Um, I mean, at that time, I guess punk rock had come back into the mainstream at yeah. some point with Nirvana and Green Day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but underground punk at that time was not big in Sarasota at all. Yeah, I feel yeah. like. When I was a freshman, by the time I graduated, I think uh, with Less Than Jake and Blink-182 getting bigger, um, it kind of became more popular with the kind of surf... Surf crowd, yeah. The beach nets. Right. Which often (laughs) crossed over into the jock Mm -hmm. crowd. Um, Right. So I feel like, yeah, by the time we graduated, we were maybe more respected than when when we started because, you know, playing music and, yeah, being a part of that subculture became... Became a little bit more acceptable in Sarasota. Yeah, Yeah, that's the funny part because I go back now and it's totally like it's totally changed. Like it's definitely there's a lot more stuff for younger people there now. It seems like they actually have clubs and they like bands play like near on Golfgate Drive. Like there's a couple clubs. I think there's a punk club over there. They they have punk shows. A little bit. A little bit. I think it's still real isolated. Uh, I mean, there there is two colleges there with New College and Ringling. But it seems like those kids. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I feel like they still really keep to themselves and don't yeah. integrate into the town a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so primarily there's not a whole lot of youth culture in Tucson. Yeah. So... Um, we would always drive to Tampa and St. Pete to see bands yeah, play. Go to, I guess you would go to the Detroit Club, Janis Landing, State Theater, State Theater, um, of course. Four or three chaos yeah, was open at the time. Oh wow, okay, yeah, yeah. I just caught that at the beginning of that. I think the last show I saw, the last show I saw in Ybor City before I moved to Gainesville was uh, Florida Theater was Tool. Oh yeah, yeah. That was before that was with the that that was before that was with Chuck Reagan, George Rebell. I mean, all of us went up to Tampa and saw a tool. It was pretty funny. Huh. Yeah, it was a crazy night. <laughs> so Sarasota music scene. You started early, pretty early. Uh, you worked your way into drums by fifteen. You you moved to Florida, kind of against your will. But you kind of, now that you say you're grateful for it now, for just because, probably just because of the scenery? I think because of the people that I met, primarily, okay. it's that had a big impact in my life. Okay. Um, you know, I sometimes think what my life may have been like if I had stayed living there, because I think I did have different interests, and uh, upon moving down here and meeting the people I did, yeah, I got more into writing and art and right. different types of music. Okay, so you felt more arti- like you felt more of an artistic expression when you came down. You saw you felt more of an opening up for you here in Florida. Uh, I think so, yeah. Probably okay. more of an open-mindedness. Okay. Um, Do you have an extra one of these? What are you looking for? Smoke. Smoke. I got two left, bro. Yeah, I got dollar one. bills. Dollar bills, y'all. Dollar dude. <laughs> They're not free. That's all. All right. That's what I thought. Don't offer a dollar if you're not willing to pay it up. You know, I just saw that uh, in the show High Maintenance yesterday. Yeah. Uh, someone says, hey, I got a dollar for a cigarette. When the guy gives him a cigarette, he's like, I don't have a dollar. Yeah, so. exactly. I, I, dude, I, I've hung out with spotter punks for the past 20 years. I know that trick. Don't right. hold, you know, that's just like, <laughs> if he would have been cool about it and not had that dollar out, I'd be like, right. dude, can I have a smoke, please? Totally would have given the smoke. Anybody who's ever been honest with me, right up front, trying you, to you got it. See, that's the thing. Trying like, to run one over. Yeah, over. dude, I'm not about like I'm, that's not I'm not about that shit. I can I can see it too easily. So, anyways, for rudely interrupted uh, at Big Lou's. <laughs> I do not. Bro. Sorry, I don't got no cash. On I'm me. sorry, sorry, I don't either. My wife don't leave, let me leave the house with no money. <laughs> That's one of our locals asking for some money right now. Yeah, we're, so, up. we're we get, on the strip right now. We're it's, on the strip, so it's it's evening time, Thursday. It's a little bit of a cultural hotbed. It is. We we get we get all types. We got so. people walking dogs, people pushing shopping carts. We got five star running around. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're in Sarasota. Sorry about that. That's funny that it happened. It's real. That's I can't you know. That would have happened in New York if we were on the street, so. Can't stage that kind of stuff. You can't stage it, man. Thanks, man. I'll pay you later. (laughs) So you moved to Gainesville. You got into the scene up here prior to even moving up here. You get into it. New idea. Gave you kind of that opening, I guess, to to, to get into Gainesville. Was no idea important to you in Sarasota? Like, was that an important thing for a lot of people at that time? Um, To a certain extent, yeah. I had... I believe maybe one of the first things I got was the Blind Spot Toy Box compilation yeah. that really kind of had a big influence on me. Um, 
and kind of put Gainesville on the radar. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I feel like I had never really seen, I mean, you know, I had gone to bigger shows as a kid, but um, in terms of actually watching friends play music and it being, you know, so accessible, yeah. um, I feel like I wasn't exposed to that community before moving to Sarasota, actually. Oh, okay. Um, and I feel like that was kind of just a microcosm of Gainesville. A lot right. of the good bands from Sarasota at the time were releasing stuff on Blind Spot or No Idea right. and, and doing shows in Gainesville. Hot Water Music had moved up here from down there. And, um, you know, bands like Vent and Held were coming <laughs> up to play right. shows. Wow, um, Vent. Who were some of the first bands I, I, I saw I talked, I talked about that. I talked about that. Darbs is always working on his, so I didn't know. I haven't seen his motorcycle in a while. So. A lot of friends with motorcycles here yeah. these days. I, I gave mine up after I fell and broke my shoulder. Oh, did you? Man, I didn't know that happened. Well, I was yeah. working at Boca. I broke my shoulder on the way home one night. I hit soft sand going up ni- uh, going up university, turned mm-hmm. on to ninth, and I fell and broke my shoulder. Sure. I didn't have insurance at the time, so of course I was at work next day. I mean, I had to let it heal naturally. Hmm. Yeah, I've never ridden motorcycles. Um, I, I've been actually talking um, with a friend about getting a motorcycle license. I feel like it's something... I love it. I want yeah. one again, even though I wrecked mine. Yeah. And I, my, I, I know my wife would say, hell over high water. Yeah, you're lucky that you weren't yeah. hurting worse. So, yeah. So, I, I just count that one for being lucky. Count that one up, because I know people who've, who've died on them. You know, like, good friends when I was younger in Sarasota. So, it's like, I count myself lucky on that one. So, I'll just... Okay, universe was telling me something. Yeah. Get the fuck off. Maybe it's not the right yeah. time. But definitely, I would say if you want to ride, definitely ride. It's it's the best thing in the world. Uh, nothing I enjoyed more than riding on the back roads around Gainesville, like out to Alachua mm-hmm. on a Sunday or something. Man, just riding around here is fucking awesome. It really yeah. is. I bought a '70s moped when I lived in New York because I was kind of really? I was kind of far out in Brooklyn living in Red Hook. And um, they had shut down the train station there, and so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I needed a more reliable way to get to work. I, yeah, I bought a um, 79 Peugeot moped. Oh, wow. And um, <laughs> riding around the streets there is super fun as well. I bet. It seemed like it would. Okay, so you're here in Gainesville. You move here in 98. Mm-hmm. You play in a... How many bands did, were you... after? You moved here in 98, and you started playing in bands, local bands up here, um, right? What was like yeah, the first local band after. you started? Like, who did you start jamming with? And the start first band up with? I had actually was it was called Apparat, but it, uh, we, we only played one show. But it was with Ronnie Holmes yeah, from yeah. Uh, Whiskey and Co. And he guys, had a small um, stint in someday soon. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Forgot about that. Uh, Jeremy Krolak, who had Jeremy. a band called My Pal Trigger. Yep. And um, my friend Brian Elliott, who okay. uh, I had played bass with in Sarasota bands. Um, one of my, my bands from high school had played with my pal Trigger. I ran into Jeremy here and asked if he was interested in playing. Okay. And then uh, Ronnie I met while he was working um, at a bike shop. I went in to get a tune-up on my bicycle. And um, I had a I had an Oompa Loompa shirt, which was a festival in Sarasota. The art school. Uh, was it at Ringling? Ringling yeah. yeah. And um, an old band of his called Shade had played. And so <laughs> he's like, oh, well, you got that shirt. You know, my band played the yeah. show. Um, I had heard Shade, and so I asked if he was interested in playing music, and yeah, we got together and started playing. Awesome. So that, so like, 
pretty much within the first few few months you were already playing in bands up here and, and getting introduced to stuff. What was um, yeah. at the so you were here for how many years before you moved to New York? Um, I was here for ten years, I believe, so from '98 till 2008. And and all that, and then that time you were all you were playing drums and bands. You were also were you were also working at UF back then as well. Were you not? I did at one point after graduating. Yeah, I went to school for journalism, okay, um, telecommunications production. Uh, started working at um, a local news affiliate and. Um, then, yeah, I worked for UF uh, for the pharmacy school filming for a little while. And then I was filming legal depositions here. So how do you get those kind of gigs? Like, how do you go? So, like, you're a drummer. You like photography, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. You're in it. You're into photography. You go to school for journalism. I'm taking. I'm guessing photography is a big part of the, that, that you taking that, that program. Yeah, um, it was specifically for television news. Okay, so so so, so that, is that called cinematography, or what's that? Was that kind of what that? I mean, is? the department is called telecommunications production. Okay, it's not. I guess it's more videography, but a lot of it was script writing, lighting, oh, wow. audio okay. production. So you actually wrote for stuff just to set it up and how it was how it was uh, how it was filmed and how it was placed. Um, and that is primarily like. Um, no, like writing transcripts for um, for television, oh, okay. for copy, yeah. okay, voiceover narration, that kind of stuff. Really, in, in primarily to learn the format that it's okay. written in, okay, um, which I never pursued, you know, professionally yeah, yeah. at all. But but you but you still do you use it now at all? I'm interested in writing, but um, no, I, I mean I don't do it professionally. Okay. Just submit works to any publications do, do, um, do you have you ever tried to write like a, a, a series or a show or a, a short of any sort or are you just not really I think most of my interests uh, fall in line with more um, non-fiction works and documentaries so. so you like so you're more on the line of educational then I mean a lot of stuff I've done has been more documentation of bands playing music right, right. videos okay um, you know documentary interviews with people yeah um, is that something kind that, of human is, interest okay, things so, that aren't aren't necessarily as scripted yeah yeah okay 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 so is that is that something that you're you're you are wanting to uh, was that something you were thought, like uh, trying to get into more when you moved to New York yeah I was working in production there a little Okay, bit. what'd you do up there in production? Like, what, what kind of stuff did you... I did a lot of freelance work, um, and then I worked um, in some music video production. One more. You want another one? Uh, yeah, I'll have another beer. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, yeah, a lot of it was two, three-day stints um, okay. in either music video production or commercial, te- yeah. com- commercial production for television. Okay. Um, huh. I-, I also... And I, I did so much random freelance work. How did there. you get all the random freelance work? Did you just happen the people you just happened to know people, or was some it some of it did? But a lot of it was primarily uh, just submitting applications oh, through wow, okay. Craigslist and really you know, like broadcast industry specific sites. Okay, so that's kind of um, something good to maybe sh- maybe uh, let some people know out there who are interested in that kind of line of work. That if you were looking to do some stuff and you can't find anything you can go on even craigslist and find that kind of work it's yeah. something that if you're really interested in doing it's it's not it's it's available out there 
it's hard to break into. Up there, there's so much competition. If, yeah. Like, there are thousands of people applying for each totally. job, so often you don't even know if it's being seen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the work is out there. Um, unfortunately, I feel like some of it is maybe who you know more than what you know. Out of networking and just, yeah, 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 gotcha. Um, yeah, whereas in Gainesville, there aren't as many people in that field, so thank you. Thank you. Most of the work I get in Gainesville in videography or editing is asked of me uh, okay. rather, rather than... You know, seeking it out. So it's kind of it. like you, you, I guess maybe is that why maybe you, you, you moved back because you knew that you, you could be, you, you, you had the idea that you knew that there's all these people doing this stuff up there. So many people going for this type of work. It wasn't it's why like I moved back down here, no. but um, I feel like it's been a, a benefit, or maybe has kept me back down here longer. Okay. So when did you move back down from New York? Um, I believe it was 2013. Okay, four, so you 14. were down. Oh. I was up in New York for five years. And what what about New York grabbed you more than anything else? You think? Like what about the t- what about this what about the town or something that what was so uh, um, attractive to you that pulled you up there? Well, my mom grew up in the city. Uh, my grandparents had immigrated there from Germany in the 40s, okay. and so I spent. A lot of my childhood going there for oh, okay. Thanksgiving every year. Into um, Brooklyn or what, uh, what my grandmother of... lived in the Bronx. Oh wow, so old school. Yeah, she started oh, wow. in Washington Heights. Oh wow. Um, and then she moved up into the Bronx. Uh, I believe in the late eighties. Oh wow. Um, but I primarily moved up there to to work in television production. Okay. Um, I feel like, you know, in the States, it's really kind of between New York and L.A. Yeah. New York's often more television, L.A.'s film. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of friends from Florida had moved up there, so I already had a good support network and circle of yeah. friends up there. That's awesome. So, when you were up there, were you playing music at all? I was, yes. How many, like, were you in bands that played around quite a bit, or...? I mostly played with one band that was all um, Florida people that I knew oh, wow. before moving up there as That's well. Awesome. Um, yeah, it was called Slow Country, and um, it was uh, Lloyd. Can, can they? Can anybody find that anywhere? Yeah, we have. Um, actually, I believe the whole album is streaming on Bandcamp. Okay. I think we got some songs on Spotify, and we got a Facebook page as well. All right, folks, check it out, please. Slow Country. Yeah, the the label that released it's called Wonderland Archives. Okay, cool. Um, and a lot of the releases um, also have Florida expats. Yeah. A lot of the bands they release are from our circle of friends. So what do you, what do you think, what, it, it's one of those, because like, talking to you, you seem, in comparison to the people that I talked to up in New York, you definitely have a very laid back sense to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, you're very, you're a very mellow person. Yeah. At least you've always seemed to be mellow to me. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's a, a, a ruse. I, you seem to be pretty mellow human being, and New York seems to be pretty, pretty non-mellow. How was? I mean, you, you seem to. Uh, you were talking um, about how you appreciated Florida so much. Do you think that Florida feeling of that being a little bit slower and and uh, a little bit more laid back was? what maybe pulled you back to Florida and it was maybe a little bit more comfortable for you because like New York wasn't really 
your I don't speed? Think so. No, I primarily came down because um, my mom got sick. Um, we don't have to talk about that if you don't want to. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Um, no, we can talk about it. But initially, yeah, I'd come down to help take care of some family stuff. Oh, right on. And, um, I'm sorry your dad had that. Thank you. Yeah, she, she passed a few years ago. But, sorry um, to hear that, dude. Uh, so, yeah, I moved into storage in New York. Um, so and really actually, against, you really didn't want to go. It was kind a of little like, bit. Yeah. Um, I was planning on moving back, and and then Hurricane Sandy struck New York. Oh yeah, I remember so that. I had a storage unit that was flooded. Oh shoot! Seven feet of water <gasps> um, from a super fun site. Yeah. So I went back in a rush. They kind of said everything was going to be thrown out, um, and that the building was being condemned. Wow. Saved what I could. I was able to salvage a lot of photos and. Um, letters what was it so so when when that storm happened you weren't up in new york no i was down here, actually were down here. looking after my mom when wow because that storm was crazy because my wife's mom had just went up that went up there right before all that crazy storm stuff happened mm-hmm. to look for an apartment to move in long island because her sister lives up there and so she was gonna move up to the and as soon as she went up there just to visit for a week, she ended up getting stuck up there for two months because of oh, all yeah. that stuff. She was there through the storm? Yeah, she wow. got stuck up there. So, like, and they were on yeah. Long Island, and they were even affected really bad by that whole mm-hmm. situation because you had the bad storm, and then it snowed right afterwards. So it was, like, super crazy. Yeah, it's interesting. And, I mean, I had been through hurricanes in Florida, but that was really the last thing that I expected in New York. Yeah. I mean, it was something I didn't even consider in moving into storage there. Yeah, totally, right? Um but at the time, it wasn't really, not to say it wasn't a big deal losing all these things, but yeah. I felt like in comparison to some of the other things that I was going through, dealing with or going yeah. through, um, yeah, it's really just material possessions. And do you, I feel like do you I was find able that to as you it. get older that the, like, I don't know, I don't know, I, I seem to be finding myself more and more of a minimalist, like I'm trying to get rid of more and more shit the older I'm getting, because, uh. you know, like, because it's like, it's that whole being attached to something that you don't need to be attached to that we as humans find ourselves doing all the time. You know, you get attached to a, a right, phone something. or some a kayak or something stupid that just sits around in a room for 10 years that you don't even touch, you know? Yeah, if you're not actively using something, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not bringing you joy. Yeah, then. yeah. I, I, we've, I've gotten, me and my wife have gotten really good at, at getting rid of stuff, like just like flushing stuff out of our lives as much as possible yeah. like trying to thin stuff out because it seems like the older we get the less we want in a weird way you know like I don't like when I was younger and I first moved here and I was broke and I was living in a car technically like I really didn't have a place to live and I was living on for six months I really did I got I got kicked out of my apartment where I was living with a buddy of mine that I moved here with and of course he was bad roommate didn't pay his bills and shit so of course I got kicked out got sued by the apartment complex he moved back yeah. to Sarasota had, had to go through that whole deals. yeah right <laughs> Gainesville's the worst for that shit dude if you move to Gainesville that's the one thing I would tell you live by yourself <laughs> right. find a small yeah. just find a small room that you just need to sleep in that's all you need you know, You'll get did, your food out and about pretty cheap. <laughs> right. I did feel like um, having lived in those kind of conditions here helped me dealing with some of that change more. I would have to say, I would have to get, I was going to ask you, like, the, because the, I know living in Gainesville is super cheap. You yeah. can do it super cheap. I mean, like, I did it for 20 years for less than $20,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, I still you, do. You can't, you can't do that up there. 
No, you gotta I hustle. Mean, yeah, most of my friends work sixty-hour weeks yeah, there. Like mo- um, everybody I know up there has like two jobs, two or three, or they're yeah. working a real job and then getting money DJing too. Yeah. You know, like the, you have to really. My rent there was literally almost four times what I pay in Gainesville. What? So, at the time <laughs> when I moved back down here, I got back first month, last month in security, and it was. It was like six, seven months rent down here. Holy moly. So I was able to kind of take that time for myself and regroup. Yeah, and, totally. Um, yeah, figure out what's important. Do you, do, you feel, uh, do you feel like you've gotten there? I'm still working on it, yeah. but yeah, I feel like the, the time has been really good for me. Um, and I wouldn't have been able to do this in New York um, yeah. in terms of just having time to myself. Do you feel like you've grown as an artist since you've been back? I don't know that I would necessarily say that. Maybe in some capacity, having that space and time to myself. But I find, I feel like I find a lot of inspiration through traveling. And in being up there surrounded by so many like-minded people. It's ridiculous, right? And I mean, with all, you know, like we were discussing with all the competition, I feel like it kind of kicks you in the ass to have to step it up. Or you're going to be run over. Yeah. And no, I kind agree. Of taken into the you know the flow, yeah. so no, totally. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. So I liked it. I mean, I like yeah. the energy up there, and right, it isn't definitely... it? It's amazing. That's see, that's the thing. Like I, I'm still two weeks later. I'm still vibing off of the New York. Right on. You know, like I, I want to go back again so bad. It's definitely a struggle at times, but I feel like it did make me a stronger person. Yeah. Do you think it made you uh, better at your craft? I do, yeah. Yeah, I definitely learned a lot uh, working yeah. with the people that I did up there and having the opportunity. Yeah, and you said you li- you like uh, you lived with James Glay for a while. I did in New York. Nice. Yeah. I, I just um, like I was telling you earlier, I had the interview with him and we were hanging out. You know, it was actually uh, I interviewed him on uh, what was it the Mick Mick Day whatever. Uh, right. Uh, Saint Irish. Patrick's yeah, Day. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not Irish. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's my grandfather coming out of me. That Mick Day. Yeah, I had known him through Gainesville as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. The girl I used to date lived with him down here, and uh, yeah, I guess um, I just needed a place at the time. He needed a roommate. Yeah. There's like a Gainesville, New York Facebook group that I believe he posted to. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he actually talked about that group. That's awesome. Right on. It's cool that it's cool that they do that. Yeah, we would do a group photo every year, and um, it's kind of a good network. Um, people posting jobs or yeah. uh, rooms available to rent, things like that. If you were to, if you were to give any like uh, a young kid in Gainesville, say he was your age when you moved, or this, whoever the person is was your age when you moved to New York originally in 2008. How old were you in 2008? 20... I was already 28. Okay, so, so say say if you have a, a young kid here in Florida who's feeling the attractiveness of New York, mm-hmm. um, and they're an artist, and they're someone who's probably not maybe a drummer or a musician of some sort, what would you, what would you say is the main thing maybe they should think about most before moving to New York from Gainesville? I think for me, you know, I kind of, not that I have regrets for moving there later in my life, right. but I, I sometimes wish that I had maybe moved there sooner. Um, I agree. I had, I had no real 
experience in the industry. I mean, I thought I did having worked in Gainesville at a television station. Right. Um, but having gotten up there, I mean, there's people that had interned for five years oh, waiting wow. for a position to open up with a bigger Isn't it the company. craziest part about, like, here and there is that you can be here and do your art and do have a television show and do something that makes you happy and works and does that. And then you go up there and you see that it's like a totally... The, the, it, it goes from very micro to macro mm-hmm. in, a, in a hurry, it seems. Because when I was up there and talking to people, it just seems like it's it's nonstop. Like you said, it's nonstop networking. Even if you're out and about, like just hanging out at a club. Right. I mean, it seems like you're hustling. That's something that I initially really did not like. And, you know, I'm still not terribly fond of. But, um, yeah, upon meeting someone and they're asking what you do and kind of getting the feeling that, they're trying to use you as a stepping stone right. or to see, you know, if you may be able to help advance their That's career in some way. Yeah. I'm totally using <laughs> oh, if, right. you, if you don't mind, I mean, can I? You have a strong well, back, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, see, it's, this is a thing, like, the main reason why, you know, I, I'm glad you did this. Uh, um, the, the main reason why I was telling you earlier, nice dogs, too. Oh, thanks. Nice dogs, well, I got I got these nice shiny dogs not too long ago. Right on. Bringing them back, man. Yeah. They're so comfy. Dude, I forgot how comfortable they were. Yeah, it takes a couple of days to break them in. <laughs> it hurts a little. Feet were bleeding for a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, totally. It's totally worth it. Feeling them. So, so uh, as an artist being back here in town, and, and you're, I get, it seems like you're staying pretty busy. Um, are you playing music right now? Yes, I am. And what band are you in now? I'm playing with a band called Ann Prague. Okay. And how long have you guys been a band? This has been about three years, maybe. Okay. And, and um, how many people are in the band? And who's in the band? Uh, we've you? got uh, four of us. And um, it is myself, uh, Matt Brink, and David from Avercue. Awesome. And oh, wow. Matt Raddick is That's a very horrible bunch of people to play music with. <laughs> <Right>. Not really. <laughs> um, Lucky. Yeah, my friend Matt Raddick, who played at Hollapaw yeah. at one point. Amazing. And, um, is a good old friend of mine. We Actually, the first band that I came to play in Gainesville with was with him as well. Oh, okay. So we That's played music. Funny. Yeah, we played music together in high school. That's cyclical, um, almost. Like it's, it's come, it's made its rounds, I guess. Yeah, we've. I mean, we haven't been in a band together throughout this whole time, yeah. but I mean, yeah, it's been like a twenty-year musical relationship of some point. Isn't it? Isn't it? Is that one? I think that's probably one of my favorite things about living in Gainesville all these years. Is is. Uh, once I was able to open up and play with other bands and stuff like that, you yeah. know, and, and being able to do that, I, that was one of the best things, I think, as a musician, mm-hmm. to be able to get to play with as many people as I did, you know, and I, I don't think I probably would have got that chance somewhere else. I think Gainesville probably, probably is special in that way that, especially since I was... Um, people are very supportive here. Yeah. And that's another thing I feel like in New York, like... Not that people don't care, but there's not really that built-in you don't support feel, you don't. It's of, not as noticeable. Right. I agree with you. No, totally, it is. You've got to push a lot harder. You're playing shows with bands you've never heard and that you don't necessarily care that much about. Right. And it's almost a little more competitive. Right, right, right. The door person will ask, what band are you here to see? They have their list, they mark, you know, and yeah, the yeah. bands that have the biggest draw are making the most money. And it's, right. It's a lot more business-oriented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's the thing about, I guess, you're, yeah, Gainesville is definitely, has always been, that's the best part about, I think, that I've been trying to get across on the podcast about Gainesville, is that how supportive this town is, oh, yeah. it, no matter what situation you're in, mm-hmm. uh, this town has always been, no, no matter how much it's 
I've I've let it seem I've seen it beat people up. You really? know? Yeah. I mean, there's some type of people that I've, can't even handle Gainesville. People you know? have told me they feel as if it's judgmental here. Um, really? Yeah. Or that it's like a clicky town, and they feel like you know they're being watched and judged. I think as a result of being such a small town. Yeah. Um, That's an interesting. That, I've heard that before, but I guess it's. I think often it's that people have their own insecurities, and that it's not like you know they're they're being judgmental or trying yeah, to exclude you, right. but that they're just kind of existing in their own mind world. or in their yeah, own no, world. Yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's that's the funny thing. Over the twenty years, it's like it, it's like the scene is the group of people. I mean, heck, I mean, I used to my band used to practice in your basement. Yeah, you know, like that's and you guys would be and you'd be in a band practicing upstairs. <laughs> you know, like that's how intertwined it was like like that weird uh what was that weird band those two those guys from texas that came yeah. arrows aim the we had a band called arrow. order of the arrow <laughs> order of the arrow initially they that moved here yes i was thinking about that recently um, that 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 someone brought that up to me not too long ago in a conversation i want that's funny that it came up yeah um I wondered what became of those guys. There were there were three of them, but yeah. uh, they I guess Gainesville was on the radar musically. They they came down from Texas to play in a band here, yeah. and somebody had given them my name through no shit an America Online punk chat room. Oh wow! They, That's they were asking, America Online <laughs> folks. <laughs> yeah, they were asking if anybody knew a drummer in Gainesville, and uh, little Mike, uh, Ronnie's old roommate, yeah. um, passed on my phone number email to them. So they wrote asking if I'd be interested in playing drums for their band, um, and they moved down here. The band never really came to fruition, but yeah. we started this kind of joke side band yeah. uh, in the interim called Order of the Arrow, <laughs> and that band also only played one show before yeah, yeah. dissolving. I don't know if you were at the show, but um, the bassist kind of went haywire. Yeah. while he started smashing his head. Yeah, I saw that on the wooden rafters. Yeah, I remember he split that. his skull open. Yeah. And we had to take him to the hospital after the show. Yeah. I was a singer for the band, and he tackled me while we were playing. Yeah, I remember that. It was, it was like, like very, like nothing was playing. Like wouldn't it seemed like a complete <laughs> mental breakdown. It was like if Gigi Allen showed up and just started, we're going to join, we're going to make a band. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm all for spontaneity so and yeah. performance art, but it was kind of a shock to say the least during Dude, the show. If, if anybody has video of that out there, if anybody was at that show... Oh, I would love to see that. I would love... Also, that. another one of those guys, do you remember this social experiment at the Civic Media Center? He he shut himself into a walled room. Yeah. And he had a red buzzer on the outside of, of the CMC that you could press to um, sound off this, like, super loud noise in the room. Yeah. So, you know, people would go there all hours of the night, morning, 3, 4 in the morning, pressing this red button to buzz him. Yeah. Um, he didn't have any food in the room. All he had was water, and like started kind of writing cryptic messages on the walls. And in the end, I believe he wrote, "You know, I've determined through this experiment that humanity will do anything they can to like force the demise of another human." And oh that wow! Kind of thing. So yeah, it was, it was pretty dark, dark That's times. Nineteen eight, nineteen ninety-eight in Gainesville, right? Nineteen <laughs> right. ninety. Man, that's funny. Yeah. So that house that you lived in, I want to go. I want to. I want to talk about the first house that you lived in with Brad and all right. and all those guys. Mm -hmm. That what was the name of the house? 
It was called the Sunshine State Slaughterhouse. Sunshine State Slaughterhouse. And yeah. that, you guys, how long did you live there? Just one year. Just one year. In that year, I think there were probably, how many shows? Oh, I have no idea. There were maybe, maybe 30. 30 shows <laughs> that someday soon probably played, 15 of them with yeah. Asshole Parade right. and some other band. I know that. We had some great shows there. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of good shows in that little barn. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's places like that aren't around here anymore that where we they used to have shows. I like we had I don't a shed behind our house. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm out of the loop or or if there aren't as many house shows now yeah. in Gainesville. But I feel like yeah, house shows used to be the prim- primary place you'd see bands. I play. mean, there was there was your house. There was the 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 barn behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Krispy Kreme, right. where everybody played at. There was that house on the corner of uh, Northwest, was it, 12th Street and 2nd Avenue, the little white house there on the corner. They'd have shows inside that house there. Okay. They'd do shows right there. Yeah. Because Ronnie and them used to live over here, you know, back in that those block apartments where Sam and Chuck used to live downstairs, and Ronnie and them used to live in those yeah. apartments. They used to have tons of shows in that house. The Cuban or the Cuban Embassy down there by the Coca-Cola plant is what they used to call it, mm. utility house, yeah. as you call it. Uh, so yeah, like yeah, I guess I, I was actually asking somebody about that, and they, they said there's they're still having shows like that here in town. They're still doing it. It's probably been about a year since I've been to a house show yeah, here, but I yeah, mean, I'd like I, to, I'd like to definitely go to more. Yeah, I mean, it definitely would. It would be. It'd, it'd probably <laughs> get you a little bit more. It'd probably get me a little bit more connected too if I did that. I mean, it'd be a little bit. I guess it would be kind of important uh, with the music scene. Because, a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. A lot changed in that year after yeah. moving here because they they passed the anti-rave ordinance at the end of the year. That's right. That's which right. Which forced the bars to close at two instead That's of four a.m. That's the first year. That's right. And then, um, and then the hardback closed. I guess like you know a month or two later. That's right. And. That was really the only place I would go, you know, every night they had a show regardless of if I knew who was playing or not. Yeah. Because the entrance was always like $3. Yeah. Um, and so, you know. Which, there's no more of those shows, I don't think. $3 shows? Every once in a while? We'll do them at, at Boca now and then. Do you? But, yeah, I mean, primarily five, I guess. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> I mean, that's not bad, though. I mean, it's 2016. That's not, that's not a bad three-band show. I had to pay 15 bucks to go over the bridge getting into New York, so right. <laughs> that's not bad. Shit, man. Yeah. 50 bucks worth of 50 bucks worth of tolls from New Jer- on the Jersey Turnpike all the way into New York, man. Yeah, it's I was crazy. just up there for a funeral in February and driving back and forth from the city to New Jersey, and yeah, the tolls get ridiculous. It's nuts up there. I'm like, y'all need to clean a little bit more if you're expecting this A lot much. of people are being pushed out. I mean... Yeah, they, it seems like the, the, the city's... Uh, well, it's, you it's, know Sam Wick, right? Mm-hmm. He's up there now, I guess, working with HUD, doing like working on like uh, leveling out rent levels for lower income families. Oh, right on. That's what he's, nice. I guess, do up there doing right now, trying to keep, trying to keep it so those people can stay. The people that have been in New York for the past 30, 40 years can stay. I feel like New York had such a huge artistic impact in the 70s because the 80s everybody yeah. lived in squalor and the rent was so low. Yeah. And now it's been co-opted and it's been it's like it's mutilated. not what it was, right? I mean, no, no. Where no, I mean, close. there's still a lot of amazing art there, but I you, think 
people have been pushed out of Manhattan to Brooklyn. Now parts of Brooklyn are more now expensive. Now people are moving in. Like my my Maya, who I interviewed, her and her husband just bought a house in Jersey City. She she yeah. she takes the ferry over to Manhattan because she works in Manhattan. Mm. So it's like so it's way cheaper for them to buy a place in Jersey City, and she takes the 15 minute ferry into Manhattan to work. You know, like it's crazy. Like new people that were commuting into work as far as Philly, yeah. Wow! Just taking Are the, you, taking really? The Chinatown bus in every day. Holy cow! So, That's insane. Got to do what you got to do. Really, from Philadelphia all the way to New York? See, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's guess. I guess growing up in Florida, I could never picture myself doing that because, like, commuting so far to work. Well, because I remember living in Sarasota, commuting to Bradenton all the time <laughs> to go to M, the go to community college. Yeah. And MCC, and then like hanging out with friends. It would take forty-five minutes just to drive to hang out with friends. Uh-huh. Like Wallard lived in Bradenton, so it was like forty-five minutes to go hang out with somebody. Right. You know, like most people we knew lived up in Bradenton at that time. So it's like yeah, I couldn't I... imagine doing like when I moved here. I was just like everything's so close and so central. I I was like. That's the one thing about New York that I... Oh, man. Even going to the supermarket or having to do laundry, it's like... Right? Yeah, you forget... Or going to buy dog food, whatever it is, it's like... You forget how easy it is in Florida yeah. to do those things. super easy. And I've been actually watching uh, um, this videographer from the 80s who hung out with the club kids and was friends with RuPaul. Huh. And they just put out his videography stuff. Um, his name is Neil Elliott or huh. something like that. And it was like it was like video. If you go on YouTube, uh, you look up uh, New York, 1987, 1989. It's him with a video camera walking around New York, every, like throughout, like beautiful day, first day of spring in New York, right? 1989. It's him and his friends. He's videotaping himself, um, uh, walking out there in Soho, of course, back in 1988-89. He's walking out there. He's walking around the city, carrying a camera the whole time. Video, videotaping himself and like there's tons there's like 12 or 13 14 videos of him and he, he actually was he was friends with RuPaul awesome. and all the drag drags uh, in New York at that time period all the club kids and he was actually about to have his own TV show come out and he was 42 and he had a heart attack wow. right when his show was supposed to come out he was going to have a show that was nationally televised he quit his job yeah. And he was like, if you go online and look at his YouTube stuff, that's what New York, that's what grabbed me about New York back in the day. The main reason why I wanted to move to New York when I was younger is because after seeing the movie Warriors, mm-hmm. I wanted to move to New York. Awesome. That's what I wanted to live in. Yeah. That kind of huh. New York. Like, to me, 42nd Street with all the, the peeping Tom shows and the strip club, that old New York. Times Square. Times Square. For Giuliani. That is what I wanted always New York to be because yeah. I feel that 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 time period that was when all the assholes left New York that was after all the people who were racist and assholes and white flight and everybody who got scared because black people and Puerto Ricans were moving in their neighborhoods and they all left New York and everything was cheap and the Bronx was burning down like all the all the dudes were burning down their apartments, you know, to get their money and they could sell their shit. You know, like, just driving out all the poor people and they're still doing it now, which kind of is yeah. shitty. And you're going to see... We want, we've watched a deterioration of New York City over the past 30 years of what the artistic idea of what New York, I think, was supposed to be. Right. And we've gotten far away from it. And watching these old videos, I watch a lot of old New York stuff. I've been, I go on YouTube and watch stuff like videos from the 20s and 30s 
like cool. silent stuff. Like I'm really, I love New York a lot, and I feel connected to that town so much. But I know, as a hick, I couldn't really live there year round. You know what I mean? Like I don't think I, I I'm not the, I don't, I, growing up in Florida, I don't, I don't think I have the personality to, to live in that right. type of area. So like what's well, the dream to like summer in New York and winter in Florida? Yes, so. sir. That's that's the idea. That's yeah, most the ideal. Yeah. <laughs> the reverse of what people used to do, right? <laughs> so that's awesome, man. But um, I don't want to take up any more of your time. This isn't going to be the only time I'm talking to you. This right. is my podcast is something like I was telling you earlier. This is me saying thank you for everything that you have done as an artist uh, to be an artist because what you've done. Uh, even though, if you don't know, it has uh, had an impact on me as a person. Thank you. No, thank you. It's, that's why I'm doing my podcast, to thank everybody that I've ever met and, and come across who are artists in this town. Uh, because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be the person who I am today. Right on. That's fine. I don't really even consider myself an artist. You but. are because you have... Um, well, see, that. I, usually that's funny because that's what most artists say. <laughs> yeah. So that's 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 a good way to leave it, you know. Like that's that's what I think to me what makes the best artist, and always has, and what makes what has made me so attracted to music my whole life in the art culture, even yeah. though I wasn't. Music is certainly one of the arts. Yeah, but. and to me, it's one of the most important arts because I feel it's it uh, it it uh, it helps. The, it helps it helps people get through things that uh, maybe without music there's no way they could get through them because I know there's music that has gotten me through a lot of things oh, yeah, in life that's... that I if I didn't have that music uh, I wouldn't have made it you know what I mean and that 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 connects with the people that play the music that connects with the people in the town that would be you that would be Brad that'd be everybody that lived in that house that'd be everybody that I've met in this past 20 some odd years that I've lived in this town and again like this is for you guys this is me showing people in the world who are going to listen uh, who I appreciate and who I uh, look up to as artists um, I do appreciate your art like I said and I uh, thank you for doing this so much yeah um, and thank you for documenting this I mean I feel like it hasn't really been done in Gainesville. It has a little bit, but this it, it, is the first there's different, there's, Yeah, there's, this is the first one. I, I know there's there's most definitely going to be more, and I hope there is. I kind of would like for there to maybe one day someone set up a podcast station for different... So people kind of like... Uh, like there's this thing in New York now that is called Lot 10. Mm -hmm. And what this guy did in Brooklyn, he's got like this weird triangle piece of land in the middle of the city and it's all overgrown grass well what he did is he just threw a uh, container a shipping container on there and put in dj equipment now djs go there and put stuff on on like uh, mixcloud okay uh soundcloud or... yeah yeah well mixcloud is the other is a different one okay that a lot of the djs in new york are using cool and they go and it's called lot 10 and it's just a a, a, a container that some rich dude didn't want to sell his property didn't want to build nothing so he just threw a container on there and lets djs go in there and they put this stuff out right so on. guys check out mixcloud for a lot of djs from new york because there's a lot of good djs up there i ran into a lot of good djs up there uh artistry pretty crazy when it comes to the dj world because you can do it forever it seems like we went to a place and there was like a this guy who's pretty famous that tom told me 
he would hook up an interview if I did my homework. <laughs> so I have to get the guy's name and do my homework one day, and hopefully I can interview him. Okay. But he's like one of those guys, a British DJ who travels around the world, you know, gets called to Spain to spin for a 24-hour rave. Like, he could, he mixes old-school 80s stuff in with some newer stuff and techno and stuff. But on, you so, know, I think Tom might know Suge Knight as well, if you want to. What? To ask him about that sometime. <laughs> That's another story. That's a, that is another story. For another podcast. For another podcast. I didn't even interview Tom. I have to get him next time. Yeah. That was the um, one. I mean, I was going up there to inter- I was going to interview him. It just didn't time-wise with, like, he had, a, he had a good friend that was leaving to go to Hawaii. So they had a party for her, and it was another friend's birthday the next night. So it was like, he was busy with all that stuff. So he didn't really have time to do Hard this. Find time but to I'm, sit down. You know, like, yeah. I mean, he was busy. I mean, he's super busy up there. I mean, he's he's... He's he's hustling, you know. So, but um, but again, thank you so much for meeting me here at Big Lou's, uh, my favorite pizzeria in Gainesville. No offense to Satchels, I just can't afford it. Uh, <laughs> I love y'all. I just can't. But uh, they got the tip integrity. Yeah, yeah. you, you got to get tip, that tip tag. Tip you know? tag, yeah. So uh, again, thank you. Uh, I I've always enjoyed every conversation that we've ever had. Likewise, uh, I enjoy. Uh, I've always enjoyed your sense of humor as well. You're a very, I, I could tell, I could tell Sarasota had just as much of an effect on you as everybody else who's lived in Sarasota. <laughs> yeah. It definitely, it de- you know, you can tell people, you can definitely tell the people that are from up north that grew up in the south, even though they're from up north. You know what I mean? There's a, definitely a different tidal wave to them compared to most like Floridians. Yeah, I still consider myself a northerner having lived there until I was 15, but yeah. when I go to visit family there now, everybody tells me I have a southern accent. Me too. I, everybody up there told me I had a southern accent. I tried so hard not to have one the whole time. It's like, you think I have a southern <laughs> accent? accent. You, you, should, should, <laughs> you should come down to the south and hear what people really talk <laughs> like should. down here. It's, re- it's a lot slower, for sure. Let me take you to South Carolina or Alabama. So anything you want to, um, before we leave, anything you want to push that you got going on at Boca? Any shows you got that you got set up? Anything you got going? Uh, if not, you can send it to me and I'll put it up later. I can do that, yeah. Um, we do have an event list um, on Facebook. Okay, if you check go. it out. Yeah, there's a couple. Through Boca Fiesta on Facebook, I'm guessing? Boca Fiesta on Facebook, The Backyard as well, okay. and Palomino Pool Hall. Right on. All have their separate entities Hollow online. Support. Um, yeah, and Prague uh, is playing this Follow the Sun Fest that's coming up. Um, okay. May, I want to say, 29. We're playing, I'm sorry, I believe it's May 27. Are you guys at, here or over the... We're in, playing at the St. Augustine Amphitheater. Oh, you guys are... Oh, the, shit. Super Suckers are headlining that show. Nice. So, yeah, this is the third that's year a that good we're show. doing it. I think it'll be fun. That'll be damn, dude. We usually, yeah, this is the third Jello. year. Jello. We usually um, <laughs> go camping at Anastasia out there. I love camping out there. So yeah. another benefit of, of living in Gainesville is St. Augustine. You know, absolutely. Yeah, the, the nice, maybe the beach. Yeah, the beaches. Um, the ones that, that aren't that, affected by oil spills. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. We're lucky to live where we do. <laughs> yes, sir. Other than that, cleanest um, water in Florida. <laughs> thanks, I'm thanks, ma- thanks, Governor. Governor. Governor, you uh, piece of shite. Yeah, what an asshole. Uh, I'm not terribly active online, but I do occasionally post photos to Instagram at Y'all Worldwide. Okay. And, yeah, if anyone wants to reach out, I'm at yallworldwide at gmail.com. Awesome. So, holla at your boy. Do it. Uh, Todd, again, thank you very much. It's awesome. I'm so I'm so glad that you got to do this. You'll be number 34, 35 on the episodes. I can't believe it. I've made it this far. 
Um, thank you all for whoever's listening, even if you're laughing at me the whole time. Uh, I'm still glad you're listening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I listened to some of the prior podcasts and they had me laughing. So good. I, I mean, I, me I, I sit down with you. Awesome. I, I, I definitely want I want people to realize that uh, how much I truly am uh, passionate about uh, life and art, and how passionate I am about uh, my friends. Uh, just always know, like I tell everyone else, you're you're a brother of mine. And I appreciated you all these years, and, and uh, again, thank you, and thank you for uh, just being Todd, you know? I appreciate that, man. And you all have a good night. Again, this is a Power of Pops. You know where to reach me on Twitter, on Clitter, on Tinder. You can hook up with me anytime you... No, you can't. Grinder. Grinder, if you want to grind. Yeah, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Uh, maybe, hopefully, I, I'm, I've been working, actually working on doing some DJing here in town. I got a nice collection of Super 8 just from 1980 to 1990. Oh, yeah. I know I've been buying, so I've been trying to do a little DJing. I've been, cool. I haven't quite yet got a hold of Chad Darby. I've been wanting to pick his mind because I know he's the DJ king over there. He and does he, well. He, he does very well. The Viking Prince. Yes. That small um, fellow. Yeah, I'm sure we could hook you up with any evening if you ever. That'd be DJ funny if you guys if you guys would ever like to come out and make fun of pops playing something that makes him show his age. Uh, that would be the night. But no, uh, thank you again. Uh, uh, thank you all for listening, and remember to always take care of one another. Watch out for each other. Uh, you know, do what you can for one another, and uh, you all have a good night. And again, thank you for listening. This is Todd Weisfeld and Pops from A Power of Pops. Y'all have a good night. Good night. Thank you. Peace.